0: Biblical Answers for Busy People. You ask, we answer, thoughtfully but concisely. This is Hey, Real Quick, a podcast of Green Level Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I am Pastor David. There is hammering going on outside of my window, and this is episode three of our podcast, Hey, Real Quick. And this week's question flows directly out of the sermon which I preached this past Sunday for my church family on the importance of prayer. In that sermon, I laid out my conviction that the history of God's interaction with His people both in the Old Covenant and the New, reveals that prayer is God's appointed means for God's appointed end, such that when God has something he wants to do in the life of his people, whether as individuals or collectively, he first calls them to pray. Now, this has been recognized and highlighted in the history of God's people. John Wesley said, quote, "...God does nothing except in response to believing prayer." Jonathan Edwards said, quote, When God has something very great to accomplish for his church, it is his will that there should precede it the extraordinary prayers of his people. Again, the testimony of scripture and God's interaction with his people from both the Old Covenant and the new is that prayer is his appointed means for his appointed end. And we saw Paul command the believers in Rome and Colossae to devote themselves to prayer. And we saw the testimony of the first Christians in the early church devoting themselves to prayer. The reason for this is that our God is both able and willing to to hear and to answer our prayers. Now, he does not always answer our prayers in the exact way that we want or wish that he would, but he does always answer our prayers in a way that is for his glory, our good, and the spread of his gospel because he is both able and willing. And the power of prayer is not in the one praying or his or her method of praying, but in the one to whom we pray. And our God, again, is both able and willing. And this is vitally important. This is the foundation of our prayer life because if God were not able, then he could not answer our prayers. And so there, therefore our prayers would be worthless. And even if he were able, if he were not willing, our prayers would be worthless because even if he could answer them, he would not answer them but our God is able and willing. And we see this actually in a story of Jesus healing a leper. A leper comes to Jesus and cries out to him. We might say he prays to him and says, Jesus, if you are willing, would you heal me? And Jesus responds, I am willing be healed. Now in that Jesus is saying, I am both willing and able to answer your request. Now this is important because we might be one or the other. Like if you were to ask me, For a million dollars, I might be willing to give you a million dollars, but I am not able to give you a million dollars. So you might say, Well, David, can you give me five dollars? And I might be able to give you five dollars, but I might not be willing to give you five dollars. But Jesus, teaching his disciples not to be anxious, says, Look at the birds of the air, look at the flowers of the field. If God takes care of them, how much more so will He take care of you who are His sons and daughters? He teaches in another place. He says, if you, earthly fathers, though you are sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children, does not your perfect father in heaven know how to give good gifts to his children? The apostle Paul, writing to Christians in Rome, said, if God did not even spare his own son, but gave him for us, how will he also not with him graciously give you all things? Our God is both willing and able, and so therefore we are to be a people of prayer. Martin Luther said, "Quote: As it is the business of tailors to make clothes and cobblers to make shoes, so it is the business of Christians to pray." Charles Spurgeon said, "Quote: If any of you should ask me for an epitome of the Christian religion, I should say it is that one word, prayer." So I left our church on Sunday with this question from Corey Tinboom quote, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire, right? Do we see prayer as essential, vital, our very lifeblood, or do we see it as something extra, an an addition, an addendum, something there if we need it? And so this week's question is this. I want prayer to be the steering wheel of my life. I know it should be. I want to pray, but I struggle to pray. Can you help me? Now, I believe this question is the foundation, is the root of the disciples' question to Jesus. They saw the importance of prayer in Jesus's life. They saw its importance in his life and his ministry. And so they go to him and say, teacher, will you teach us to pray? Now, I am not Jesus. And we can go and we can read what's dubbed the Lord's Prayer. We can read John 17 and see his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. But I do want to answer this question because I did Sunday really drive home the importance of prayer. And what I want to do here in response to this question in this week's episode of this podcast is give a method, a tool that you can use in your life, that I use in my life, that I pray will help improve your prayer life. Now, I just said a lot of words there, and I could have probably said it more simply, and it's this. Here's a tool that I pray is helpful in your life. Now, I am not Jesus, obviously, and so what I say is not going to hold the same weight, but I am working from a scriptural foundation, right? The goal of this podcast is to provide biblical answers I love that quote from Charles Spurgeon. He once said, if you were to cut me open, I pray that I would bleed Bibline. I love that. He said, I I pray that I would bleed the Bible. Friends, I pray if you were to cut me open, I would bleed the Bible. And so I hope that this uh, response, this answer has a scriptural foundation. And it is laid out in an acronym because I'm a Baptist pastor. In order for us to be ordained, we have to agree to use acronyms at least 50% of the time. That's, that's a joke. It's a, it's a bad joke. But acronyms are corny and there's a corny joke, but acronyms can also be helpful. And so here's an acronym. It's called Daily Aims. I'm going to use the A-I-M-S. We want to make our prayers purposeful. We want to be direct with them. And so here they are. We're going to start with the A of Aims. And it's this, God. God, align my heart with your heart God, align my heart with your heart and abolish strongholds and sins in my life. God, align my heart with your heart. Biblically, the seat of of who we are and all that we do flows from our heart. Jeremiah 17, nine says, the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. What God has done for us in Christ is given us a new heart, that we are a new creation in him. But sanctification is learning to become in practice who we already are positionally in Christ. right? This is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, as we are aligning ourselves with God. We are learning how to become the new creation in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We are echoing the words of Jesus, not my will, but your will. So God, align my heart with your heart, and God, abolish strongholds and sin in my life. God, here are the areas in my life where the old man, my, my sins are getting in the way. What, As Paul said in Romans 7, what I don't want to do, I find myself doing what I do want to do. I find myself struggling to do, wretched man that I am. Yes, God abolished the sins in my life. It was recognized in scripture, only God can forgive sins. So friends, as John Owen once said, Quote, either kill sin or it will kill you. And so you need God to kill the sin in your life. So God, align my heart with your heart and abolish strongholds and sins in my life. That's the A. Now the I. God, instruct me in your way. All right? There's so many beautiful psalms about this, like Psalm 119 or Psalm one about following in the way of the Lord, following in his past, trusting in his word. Jesus in John 17, pray that God would sanctify us in his truth, that his word is truth. So God, instruct me in your way, teach me your way, instruct me in your way and ignite in me a love for you and others, right? The great commandment Jesus said is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, heart, soul strength and mind and to love others as yourself. In John 13, Jesus told his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, love others as I have loved you. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So God, instruct me in your ways and ignite in me a love for you and others. Moving to the M, God, mold me to be more like you. Again, we are becoming like Christ. He is the potter we are the clay. God mold me to be more like you. I remember a man in our church, uh, and I won't say his last name, his name was Charles, and he and his wife had to move away, but he once always ended his prayers, God may others see Jesus in me. Would you say, God, would you make me more like you? Would you mold me to be more like you? And would you magnify your name through me? One of my favorite scriptures, Psalm 67, God, would you be gracious to us and bless us and make your face to shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you. Oh God, let all the peoples praise you. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus told his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. God, would you mold me to be more like you and would you magnify your name through me? And then finally the S, God, shepherd my steps today and supply everything I need. God, shepherd my steps today. Psalm 23, one of those most well-known, most loved passages, chapters in all of the Bible, the Lord is my shepherd. God, would you shepherd my steps today? You are my good shepherd. Would you lead me, God? Would you shepherd my steps? And God, would you supply everything I need? I love that postscript and the Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, because he is both able and willing. So God, shepherd my steps today and supply everything I need. Daily aims, let me run through it one more time, just a tool you can use, first starting with the A. God, align my heart with your heart and abolish strongholds and sins in my life. God, instruct me in your way and ignite in me a love for you and others. God, mold me to be more like you and magnify your name through me. Finally, God, shepherd my steps today and supply everything I need. Daily aims, a tool that you can use in your life to make that aspiration of prayer become a reality. It's just a simple, humble tool. There are literally thousands of others out there, but it's a tool that I have found helpful in my life and I pray it can be helpful in yours as well and that we can become people of prayer because friends, God is able and willing and prayer is his appointed means for his appointed ends. And I'll leave you with this quote from Martin Luther who said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold of his willingness. And I would just encourage you as you go today, to lay hold of God's willingness. And we'll see you again next week for episode four of this podcast. Hey, real quick.